All right. So, uh, let's see. Some housekeeping business that we can get out of the way. Mm. Right now. Um, so, uh, I had a voice connection issue, apparently. Let's see. Is this a recording? Is that good? I guess the first thing is to see if this is actually working and recording. Okay, let's see here. Come on. I'm not sure if there's... Um, okay. I'm not sure if there were any kind of connection issues. Uh, we've had a little bit of a stormy day right now, so it is possible that we were having some uh, some connection recording issues. Okay, great. So I am going out live. Terrific. All right. Anyway, uh, so a couple pieces of, I guess, housekeeping news. Uh, in case anyone's listening to this later, uh, if you uh, did listen to the last episode, uh, thanks, Larry. Uh, anyway, uh, for for Larry and anybody else who might be listening to that episode, uh, yeah, no, I went on a pretty big rant. That was actually not the only one that I went on this week. Uh, and just yesterday, so Friday, I went on a different kind of rant. It was actually one that I had recorded earlier. Uh, actually uh, recorded... <coughs> sorry. Recorded before we took our break. And so I um, uh, I had not gotten it uh, edited or anything. And uh, then we had uh, unexpected consequent, uh, unexpected stuff that happened. And uh, so I had to... Uh, I, I couldn't do recording for a little while. I just wasn't, uh, I wasn't there. I'm still trying to kind of work my way back, uh, to kind of get, get into the swing of things and get like really pumped, motivated to keep working on projects. So, uh, so I'm sort of in that boat right now. Um, and, uh, so, so doing that, uh, you know, um, it's, uh, it, it, it can be hard, especially if you've uh, been doing something for a while. Uh, sometimes you get a little bit uh, burned out. And then when something real happens in, in like the real world and uh, circumstances just change, all of a sudden, uh, you know, you just kind of look and start reevaluating a lot of things. And so I guess that's kind of where I was at. Um you know, trying to figure out, like, the new new dichotomy uh, here. I mean, it's not particularly bad, but, you know, uh, it's, it, it is what it is. Uh, so, anyway, uh, yeah, I went on not one, but two rants this week. I think that that's probably two more rants than people are used to from me. Um, and, uh, oh, DC is here. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Lonely. I <laughs> <laughs> I start I started it and I'm kind of like going. Oh, I hope people are coming in. I don't know. <laughs> I try. I tried to let everybody know well in advance. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, no, I was just. Oh, maybe they're off looking at fireworks. Maybe there's late fireworks sometimes, right? Um, yeah. 
Yeah, no, I was uh, I was just kind of musing while he was here by myself just about um, that I went on uh, prob- uh, two different rants, I guess, this week, and that's probably two more rants than people are used to, uh, so that's new. I'm getting surly in my old age, <laughs> apparently. You got to uh, build up to the everyday rant. Yes, yes, I got to build up to the everyday rant. Yeah, that's going to be my next project. Like, it, like when when I can start to, like, weed out which projects I actually work on on a regular basis, there's just going to be one that's just going to be a daily rant. Just Nathan, just do a, do a blog-style <laughs> thing, and it's just going to be every day, it's just going to be a Nathan rant, and you enjoy. It, it. Most of them will probably not have any context, so that will be even more fun. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah. Uh, so, hey, DC, how are you doing? I'm doing all right. All right. Going to Gen Con at the end of the month. Ah, I have heard of Gen Con. Um, I've never been. Uh, Have you been before? Uh, Yeah, I've been going about two years now. Two years? Oh, wow. That's neat. Is is that kind of as crazy as I think it is? Uh, Yes. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> okay, I I accept that answer. Um, Crazy, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, it gets what uh, like sixty thousand some people there, and that's a lot. Yeah, it it's a lot to organize, and it has, but they do a pretty good job. So yeah, yeah. Well, that's good. Um, yeah, I I wanted to get out there. Like Alex and I keep uh, talking about it. Um, if we ever have the, the resources and the time in order to do it. Um, mostly just to see all the people that we normally talk to. And uh, we figured, oh, that would be fun. But uh, but then again, crowds. Me and crowds. Not a great mix. Oh, yeah. That's, if, if you need a way to manage crowds and stuff, definitely take it with you. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I I have like a little portable sensory deprivation tank I'm going to start <laughs> carrying around with me. It just fits over your head. It's terrific. Um yeah, I think um I think more for me is I really um because I always want to feel super productive when I do things or go places, I'd want to have a literal excuse that I had to go. Like, like somebody would have to say that I had a thing that I specifically had to do, and I'd be like, oh, well, I gotta do that, so I guess I gotta go, because I need to find a way to justify going places, <laughs> and, and, uh, so that hasn't happened yet, but, um, but one right. day maybe, yeah, may- one day maybe, then I can do all of those fun ones. Have you been to Origins? That's the other big one I hear about. Uh- no, oh, no, never been to Origins. No, no, okay, yeah, uh, I I have not either. Um, but uh, you know, considering I like origin stories, that's always going to be uh, a <laughs> thing to go to. And uh, and Paul was here a second ago, and then he left. Where did Paul go? I don't know. He's he has left. He didn't know what was going on. Alrighty. I don't know. Uh, any uh, anything else happening in your world, sir? Uh, not too much. I'm no. Yeah, I I uh, I hear you. 
yeah. and that's kind of nice. Just uh, yeah, just the regular <laughs> schedule. A lot of stuff was off the past week for Fourth of July, so I've had a kind of oh. relaxing week. So oh, that's oh yeah, the streaming schedule is probably uh pretty pretty uh, relaxed. So yeah, 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 that's good. That's good. Um, I was uh, was going to ask people this week because I'm interested is um, what you are currently playing. Um, if uh, if you have anything that you're currently playing, because I'm interested in what everybody's uh, gaming habits are currently. Uh, occasionally, I get around to uh, the latest uh, Dragon Quest Eleven. I think. Oh yes, Eleven. That's a good one, I think. I think the only Dragon Quest I've actually played was the first one. Way back when I had the NES. And uh, a slime kept killing me. (laughs) And so I think that was where my time with that game ended. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I think I got, like, outside the kingdom... And it was mm-hmm. a, sl- a slime attacked me, and I could not figure out how to kill the slime. <laughs> and I was like, I don't think this game is for me. My, my like, oh man, sorry. Uh, like when, I, uh, you know, at six or seven years old, or however or old I was at the time. Right. My brain was like, I don't <laughs> like this. I don't. I don't like the menus and the fighting screens and all of that. Now that's my jam, but like right. back then, back then I could not handle that. That was not for me. Give me my Mario. I want to be able to push a button and jump all day long. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was really, really yeah. my thing. And Dragon Age, though, uh, or sorry, Dragon Quest. Dragon Quest looks like it's gotten way, way more sophisticated over the years. Yeah, I, I really like what they did with this one um this is the first one i've played in quite a long time mm. i think i played the first two and then nothing in oh, between. okay yeah so we're in the <laughs> so. same boat yeah yeah now ever since um i want to say it was like ever since eight i i started mm-hmm. looking at them and i i was really jazzed to eventually get back into it but it almost is inevitable i never have like the right console for the for for the oh, right. thing. Yeah. yeah i never <laughs> yeah. have the right console when they come out so <laughs> so for some reason that just that just never happened did you see the thing that they were announcing there's a new um there's going to be a new dragon quest but it's kind of a little minecrafty yeah i read that dragon quest builders i think something like that no I, no I they they are I don't think it's Dragon Quest Builders. Uh, actually, I think you you may be right. Oh, well, there was Dragon Quest Builders in 2016. I think though that they're uh, Builders Two. It's it's actually the sequel to uh, to Builders. All right. Let's see if that connection works better. For some reason, it keeps coming in and out. 
Um, I think Dragon Quest Builders 2 is uh, what I'm looking at. Yeah. So uh, they had the, the one a few so. years ago. Yeah, they had, a, they had a new trailer. So that's fun. For people who like Minecraft and dragons so basically everyone <laughs> this is right. this is alex this is alex in a nutshell if he's not like first in line for this i don't know what's wrong um playstation yeah it's these come out for playstation i don't have a playstation right now oh i have a three i guess i could have always gotten builders for three i don't know um now I'm just yeah, kind of like... Yeah, I got a PS4 on Black Friday because it was oh. cheaper than a Nintendo Switch <laughs> at the time. Oh, wow. That is impressive. Yeah. I think yeah. I think Nintendo's going to kind of force me to buy a um, a Switch at some point uh, because they're just going to put enough of their IPs on there that I need to play. They're close. and they're... Yeah, plus all the... You can get all the like popular indie games on it now yeah and developing more of a portable system and yeah 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 well yeah that's the thing you can even get you can get like my darling uh stardew valley on there now and being able to like just take it on the go with you like i know that stardew does like a mobile app already you can you can play it on like ios and android but uh, i like the idea of having like the actual switch in my hand and mm -hmm. uh and and making that a thing so i mean like that that would definitely be a big deal but for me my biggest thing is like okay so there's already a zelda game that was apparently excellent uh with breath of the wild and then there's going to be a sequel there's going to be another metroid prime and retro studios is doing it so like how can i not Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, well I, I think it's funny because they said that they were going to go back to doing Metroid Prime. And if you remember the story of the original Metroid Prime series, it was um, they had a, another studio that was working on it. And they were trying to do it in like a third-person perspective. And it wasn't, mm -hmm. it wasn't working. So Shigeru Miyamoto actually looked at it. And they were – and he said, okay, this is just not working. We are going to scrap this and a different studio is taking over. And the studio that they had take over was Retro. So Retro Studios then got it in their hands. They said, oh, yeah, no, this is going to be a straight first person. And then it's going to go to third person when, when Samus rolls into a ball. And that's, that's how we're going to develop it. So it's going to kind of have like first person shooter controls for the majority of the game. And uh, then so they said scrap the original idea that came back and they... Uh, and, and they created the Metroid Prime that we all know, and then the subsequent ones afterward. When they were going to reboot the series for the Switch, they had another studio that was, again, going to do the Metroid Prime series. And they went and they looked at their work, and they said, no, this doesn't work. Scrap it. Give it to Retro again. <laughs> so, so we're back. We're back to the same thing where no other studio seems to be able to do a Metroid yes. game without it being a problem. And they just give it to Retro. So I think it's fascinating that we're back to the same story. Right. So there's going to be a new Metroid Prime. I'm going to be jazzed about that. There's, of course, going to be... Uh, the new Pokemon, which I think is kind of like the straw that breaks the camel's back for me. I'm going to kind of have to deal with that. Um, and Mario, 
and I, I heard Odyssey was really great uh, mm-hmm. as well. And um, yeah, I, I played the Switch at my friend's house for the first time like six months ago. Oh yeah, and I, I he started me off on Mario Odyssey. I'm like, this is just instant fun. Oh I yeah. I don't know. I mean, yeah. You know, within a second, I'm like, yay! <laughs> I told him I need to stop because otherwise. We won't be visiting, and I'll just want to do this all day. <laughs> There's really nothing more to, uh, yes. Basically, you're you're my friend with the benefit of playing this game, but now it's really just about the game. <laughs> it has right. nothing to do with you. Sorry. You're kind of tertiary to this experience. Um <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I had seen that, and I was like, ah, oh, I really love how they were, like, doing, like, the hat mechanics and how they were kind of remixing a lot of things you're used to in Mario and and uh, being able to, like, play the cheap, cheap and stuff. I'm like, oh, that's cool. Um, yeah, I mean, I've, I've liked every Mario game that I've played because they're just instant, they're instantly gratifying in what you get mm-hmm. to do. I was, the, I was the one who liked Sunshine. Sorry, folks. I was the one who liked Mario Sunshine. <laughs> oh yeah, that was fun too. <laughs> it was fun. You got to clean up gunk all over over the island, and the, the, yeah. the, the little the, the little the locals would like dance around because they were so happy you were cleaning up the <laughs> island. You got a you got a freaking water jet pack. How could you not enjoy that yeah. game? And it talked to you. <laughs> yes, it talked to you. A flood. I remember that. How how could you not enjoy the shine getting? That was right. terrific. Um yeah, no, I was I was the one who liked that. I think people were just a <laughs> I think they were just hoping for something a little bit different. I probably like the galaxy sort of experience that they got uh, later, but um, but I don't know. I mean, uh, Mario sixty four is great, but then you start thinking like, man, if he had that jetpack, things would have right. gone over so <laughs> much better for him. I don't know, um, but uh, but yeah, so they've got all of those titles on there now, and they're all exclusives, and so I know that inside the next year or so, it's going to be real hard not to pick one up. So, yeah, yeah, and like I talked about before, for me, especially with Animal Crossing coming out. So. Yeah, that got delayed yeah. a little bit. That got pushed back um, till... At the beginning of next year, I want to say, they had to they had to push it back a teeny bit, if I remember correctly. I can find out. New Leaf. Yeah, um, I believe that it was it New Leaf, or am I thinking about something else? No, that's 3DS. What am I thinking, Nathan? That's oh, that's something that's already out. Silly Nathan. <laughs> Um, oh, New Horizons, that's, that's what it was. Uh, yes, I believe that it was supposed to come out. Yeah, and now it's going to release on, um, March 20th, 2020. So, that's when you can pick up a Switch. Yeah. <laughs> March 20th. Well, March is my birthday month, so this is working Happy out for birthday me. birthday <laughs> to you, you get the Animal Crossing. <laughs> And then Tom Nook can take you for all the bells in the world. 
the best he has character. Yeah. <laughs> best character ever. <laughs> Tom <laughs> Nook, yeah. the local bookie that basically <laughs> takes all of your bells as soon as you make them. The insidious thing about Tom Nook is that he like goes and does something for you and then tells you you owe him bells for it. <laughs> Right, <laughs> and then you go. He has those kind, sleepy eyes. Yeah, and... yeah, 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 yeah. And then, but then he's always like, "Okay, so you pay him off. You finally pay him off, and he's like, I just did a new upgrade for you. Now you owe me this many pounds. Like, <laughs> you are a sneaky bastard. <laughs> you just, I finally get out of debt. You build something else for me to pay for." That kind of business model, man. <laughs> That's that is a winner. They got <laughs> man. I'll tell you. Um, yeah, I know. I know. There's some people looking forward to Animal Crossing. I I I want my Pokemon. Um, it looks uh okay. I I think that like what I saw at E3 uh did not dissuade me from from uh, Pokemoning it up. Yeah, sword and shield. Uh, sword and shield. Yeah, the sword and shield. Yeah. Uh, of course, now the big question is uh, sword or shield. This is the this is the Sophie's uh. choice from every single generation. <laughs> what do you right. do? I don't know. It's hard. Every time there's a new con- every time there's a new Pokemon generation, there's this little battle in my head. Okay. What are the cost-benefit analysis of doing each one of these versions? What am <laughs> right. I getting out of this? Because, like, I'm, right. I, I read, like, it was red over blue <laughs> for me. But, <laughs> but there's still a part in the back of my head that's like, but what if I chose blue? Like, it's sliding doors, but with Pokemon, right? <laughs> like, which, like, do I get on the bus or do I not get on the bus? And you see two different alternate timelines. That's what Pokemon <laughs> is like for me. I'm overthinking it. Um, <laughs> or that episode of Community where the, <laughs> where different people just go out for pizza and <laughs> you find out that there's a darkest timeline. And, oh. <laughs> and darkest timeline for me would be like, oh no, I picked I picked the bow version. There wasn't even supposed to be one of those. No, it's fine, Nathan. It's just an off brand. This is not even Pokemon anymore. I don't know what to do. Uh, yeah, Sword and Shield, it's one of those, I, I have a feeling, like, for me, it's, um, I want to be Sword, but I'll inevitably go Shield. And why is why. that? Um, because, be- well, because, <laughs> because Sword, you know, I, I feel like you're brave and you're bold and you're going out and you're, 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 you're uh-huh. kicking some Pokemon, but, but at the end of the day, um, safe, beh- safe inside my shell, you know, just put, put right. my shield up. <laughs> And be and and go on the defense. I feel like there's like an offense defense thing going on there. Okay. I don't know. I I know no details about the differences between those two <laughs> those two games. I'll be interested to know. Actually, I should I should probably look that up. Now I'm starting to wonder if there's actually a difference. Um. Uh. It, do, do, do. Ooh, November. Damn it, November. Uh, do, 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 is it only for the shield? Where does it take place? It takes place in a new region called Galar, uh, which is based on Great Britain. 
So that's fun. Um, does not say what's going to happen. Dev release a statement. No. Darn. I need to find differences. That's always... What are the differences? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah let's see. That's I'm not good. seeing anything that mm. knows differences yet. Yeah, well, here, here's here's one article, but I don't really know. This was from June 5th. Okay, so the problem with that is that this would be information that came out before E3, so I don't know if... Um, why do they release as two separate versions? Are you not familiar with how Pokemon works? Stupid... What? What is this site? iMore? Okay, iMore. Uh, <laughs> what, what are the differences? Um, that that they're, they're both $60. Uh, and, <laughs> um, okay, uh, Pokemon Sword, jump into the Galar region. This is it, trainers. Generation 8 will soon bring us to the Galar region full of new Pokemon to catch and challenges to overcome in Pokemon Sword for Nintendo Switch. And then the description for Shield. New challenges await. Trainers can also explore the Galar region in Pokemon Shield for Nintendo Switch, giving you another way to make your dreams of becoming a Pokemon cast master come true. Okay, that may, that thanks. Oh, they uh, they posted a different article I just found. Oh, and it yeah. it has something at the very bottom of it. I'll post it for you. Oh, legendary Pokemon. There are... Here, this is, there are this is after the press conference. Okay, cool. All right, so this is this is cool. Well, well let's all go And at go the very bottom journey. is what differences will there be? Okay. And they basically say, we don't know. However, there's a yes. two different legendary Pokemon there are, differences already. There are so. different le legendary Pokemon. I was um, I was looking at. Oh, then there's there's always two big choices. There's the one of which version do you get, and then which starter Pokemon you take. Those, right. <laughs> those are just two. Those are two terrible, terrible choices that you make me do. <laughs> it wouldn't have been so bad if I could have just gotten the other Pokemon later. But I can't. <laughs> I, I, it's like I'm stuck. I'm. I got my Bulbasaur because, of course, I have my Bulbasaur. But then, yeah. like, but you, you're saying I can't pick up a Squirtle and a Charmander later? No, no. Um, yeah. What I did see. Oh my god. Oh my god. That's a huge Pokemon. No. Oh, multiplayer raids. Yeah. That's that's gonna be a thing, yay. Um, okay, yeah. Something I did see, I at least saw these lovely legendary Pokemon. So Zacian and Zamazenta. Somebody really was into Z's that day. I <laughs> right. <laughs> really, I mean, oh. But if you look at it, I'll, I'll, um, let me see if I can take a screenshot here. I'll, I'll put it into the chat so you can see. Because I'm noticing something about this that's very interesting. And I say very interesting, no one's going to care. Uh, let's see. <laughs> uh, if I can only find that. Yeah, I, I, I bet I can just, yeah. Come on. So we have these two 
Pokemon. And we've got... And the, come on, where is it? It's right here, isn't it? Okay, here we go. So now we can analyze this. Legendary Pokemon. Here we go. Okay, so if you look, you'll notice that the one for the sword version literally carries a sword. And the one for the shield version has a body of like a shield. Like a shield, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that's not too on the nose. <laughs> like, wow. Okay, then. We were really... And they look kind of the same. Their faces are, are sort of similar. Um, yeah. Oh, the sword is in the mouth. Yeah, okay. the sword is... See that. Yeah, you're literally just carrying the sword. And their face... How do you fight like that? Oh, well, it doesn't um, matter. It's Pokemon. So. It doesn't matter. Well, you know, you say that, but then if you think about it, Dark Souls, I remember that there was a there was a wolf, and, and it had, like, a sword in its mouth, and it would yeah. swing it around all over the place. And people loved that wolf. So it's like, I don't know. It's not supposed to be, like, you know, practical. A lot right, of things. Right. Like, yeah. But then again, if... if uh, somebody was saying uh, one time about how, uh, you know, we're used to from, like, role-playing games and stuff like that, like D Dungeons and & Dragons and all that, we're used to, like, leather armor as as a concept. Mm -hmm. But in practice, they really wouldn't have had much for leather armor. Um, it would have just been kind of way too uh, costly and also... Uh, difficult to make when they could just slap on some chain mail or a breastplate. Um, it it yeah, it really yeah. like I, I there really weren't that many cases, if any, if I remember of, of where like leather was a thing that they used because it was just um, I kind of understand that like you know if you consider the amount of resources and time and effort that they would have to go into making leather armor um it was actually oh, yeah it was actually a lot cheaper if you just made them out of metal, metal. <laughs> <laughs> you just make a metal thing. and um yeah, yeah I, I mean don't get me wrong i see uh people go well this isn't you know a role-playing game well this isn't how this weapon really works i'm like it's a role-playing game they have to do stuff just to make a mechanic work right. and balance right and, you know right, right it's right. not going to reflect reality in yeah. that way so yeah yeah i mean the, yeah no i totally get that yeah and, yeah i mean the the but, new yeah. the news flash is that uh also in real life uh magic isn't a thing and um, yeah <laughs> and also uh dragons right. <laughs> that's not real and spirit armor not <laughs> <laughs> like there's there's a lot of things that we could gripe aren't a, like a real thing that we wish we were, was but you know uh but yeah no i i thought that it was interesting just because leather armor is just one of those things where you kind of think to yourself that that could have been a thing and then when you realize mm -hmm. it's not you're like oh, oh. i feel <laughs> sad now but i get that if you're looking for light armament you could do it better with like padding like a kind of padded armor or or a cloth, and if you were looking for something that actually protected you from like the you know sword blows and stuff, you pretty much just go straight to metal, 
um, you know, it would just be faster and more convenient. But, um, but then again, a Pokemon that is a literal, uh, shield does seem like a big advantage. Yeah, um, just has to stand there and like, okay. <laughs> yeah, just here, here we go. Enjoy. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, the sword in the mouth. <laughs> the thing I'm curious about is, is the sword separate from the Pokemon or is it part of the Pokemon? Pokemon, right. Like, does the does the Pokemon find a sword? Like Zacian, does Zacian find a sword when it's young and picks it up and trains with it? Or... Is the sword like magically comes out of the mouth, like as as a as a defense mechanism, when uh, when it needs it, like it just magically appears like a spirit weapon. Yeah, I'd kind of hope for that one, because otherwise, I'm like, is there a bunch of dead adventurers around, or people drop swords yes. somewhere? I mean, right? Because how did they get those swords? Yeah. Oh, well, you know what, though? I shouldn't say anything, because the Pokedex entry on that is going to be amazing. <laughs> <There's> gonna be... <laughs> Knowing how Nintendo is used to doing those Pokedex entries, <laughs> <laughs> the blood of his enemies is on his, <laughs> is on his tusks. He, <laughs> he picks up their sword and uses it in their place. The souls of those adventurers is trapped inside the sword. <laughs> you can still hear them cry at night. <laughs> There's... There's the Zacian entry, everybody. <laughs> this is the darkest Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen some dark, dark Pokemon <laughs> descriptions <laughs> that are really, really twisted. Like, I'm like, wow. I, I mean, I know that, like, sometimes when you... I, I've, I've always seen that thing where they're like, in order to really capture... Especially when you have... You wouldn't think that this is normal, but, like, when you... you uh, gear something towards like children um, there's this if you have an element of something that's kind of dark in it it's it really grabs hold of them and mm -hmm. so that's why like even in some of the most beloved classics if you think about like Disney movies Disney movies are dark they are oh yeah dark Bambi is a dark film <laughs> Dumbo yeah. is a dark film but we but you know it's Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. It's kind of terrifying. <laughs> right. You, I mean, there's you... poisoning by a creepy old lady. There's death of a, fa a family member oh, somehow. Yeah. You know? yeah. Lion King. Lion King. It's like patricide. Regicide. Right. Like regicide <laughs> is the first thing. And then even more than that is like Scar with his hyenas basically talking about how they're going to start eating all the members of Pride Rock. <laughs> There's bones right. all over Pride Rock, like, when they get back. So, you, so you're assuming, like, all, like, basically at the beginning of that movie where they're like, a circle of life, like, half of them are dead now. <laughs> half, of, <laughs> half of those animals are just dead at the hands of these hyenas. <laughs> It is the circle of life function differently for some. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the circle of life has a very dark connotation at the end of all of that. But it's it is very strange because uh, 
you know, not even in pop culture, but also like you know, that all came from source material. There were there were books for all right, of that before, yeah. and the books were kind of even dark, like the Grimm's fairy tales and a thousand oh, yeah, and one Arabian really Nights. Dark. <laughs> oh yeah, thousand and one Arabian Nights and Mother Goose. Even like it gets pretty dark, and these were stories really geared towards the youngins. And mm-hmm. they they knew that they needed to make them kind of dark even uh, I mean, little mermaid is not a happy ending no it really isn't i haven't seen that movie in so long <laughs> but but i think i literally did i i was pretty young when that came out and i think my parents took me and i think i got upset by ursula and i uh-huh. i I had to not be in the theater anymore. <laughs> I think <laughs> I think they had to take me out because I was not I, I was not having a good time when once Ursula got into the mix. So I don't I don't know. I can't remember what the ending was. Oh, she had to return to the sea, wasn't it? She she didn't get her happy ending. Um Oh, yeah, but the the fairy tale is Oh, darker. Oh, the fairy tale is dark. What happened in the fairy tale? Yeah. I forget. Uh, I believe it's uh, she doesn't get the, the prince, so she basically commits suicide and goes into the sea and becomes sea foam. That sounds familiar. There's <laughs> um, <laughs> something like that. I, yeah, I can't imagine why they changed that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so it's very dark. <laughs> oh my goodness, yes. Um yeah, it's <laughs> They're going to make a live action version. <laughs> so so maybe yeah, well, who right. knows? I I'm, I'm going to guess it will be the most optimistic ending of all of them. <laughs> I'm calling it now. <laughs> I'm just going to say because they, like even when they do a lot of the remakes now, uh, for for a lot of their things, I feel like there's definitely a happier ending that they're putting on the live action versions than the original cartoons. Though I haven't seen any of the live action things yet. I saw um I saw the Jungle Book, and the Jungle Book is a little bit ominous. There's a little bit of an ominous tone to it, and I don't really remember that being in the cartoon. But it's also it's surprisingly like light and fun. Um, mm-hmm. I guess, uh, people liked Aladdin. I don't know if Aladdin's all that dark, uh, in, in the new version. Dumbo seemed like they, I haven't, I haven't seen the new one, but from what I've heard, they, uh, some of it is kind of glossed over in terms of kind of the, the, um, the bad parts. I'm trying to think. Although they did apparently have, like, one mustache-twirling kind of villain who just wanted to, like, sell Jumbo off to, like, uh, just just hated Jumbo and wanted Jumbo to die, like, for no apparent reason. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe the live-action versions are more dark than the cartoon. Oh, that's scary. (laughs) That's scary if that's going to be the case. Um... Might also and, depend uh, on who does it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, the original Super Mario Brothers had something to me as a kid that was pretty dark in it. Mm. And I think it just got glossed over. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's in the instruction manual. Oh, okay. And uh, it's basically, and I, I just found a copy. I pulled it up. 
But uh, it's let me post it to chat real quick. Sure. Um. So, it, it says in the object of the game description that the basically the when the Koopa invaded, the mushroom people were turned into stones, bricks, and even uh, field horsehair plants. Right. Damn. And so, okay. and then it says the only one who can undo the magic spell on the mushroom people and return them to the normal selves is Princess Toadstool. So mm. the spell can be undone, but you're going around smashing all these bricks to dust mm-hmm. with your hand. Mm-hmm. And these are people that cannot come back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Mushroom people are so bricks and. Oh, yeah. So. So I, I so when I'm smashing bricks, I, I'm 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 smashing the residents of the Mushroom Kingdom. Oh, um, that, that that was always my takeaway. Yeah, yeah. Um, great. So, <laughs> Soylent Brick is people. <laughs> wow. Um. And I love how they end on, you are Mario. It's up to you to save the mushroom people from the black magic of the Koopa. No, you're killing them. You're killing them with your brick bouncing. Your brick smashing is killing them. Don't do that. And who was the who was in charge of the black magic? Was that the Koopas or did the Koopas come later? And it... Uh... No, the first sentence up above there is uh, Koopa, a tribe of turtles famous for their black magic. Oh, so apparently okay. they had it and, already. Oh, and, okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but now, for all I know, they were like, uh, hey, you know what? These mushroom people are going to destroy. They, they were probably like Thanos planning, right? The mushroom people right. are going to be self-destructive. Because have you ever seen Toad? If he's if he's any representation of the mushroom people, they had no chance. So so the Koopas come in and they're like, these people are screwed. You know what we're gonna have to do? We're gonna have to turn them into bricks. <laughs> we're gonna t- we did it because we had to. It's what we had to do. And now, oh, see, this is an interesting theory. Now the reason why they're trying to stop Mario is because they're worried that he's going to go around smashing all those bricks because they seem to really be enjoying that. <laughs> we got to stop Mario from killing off the mushroom people. <laughs> so really, Mario was was the villain the entire time. I'm surprised Matt Pat hasn't done a game theory on this yet. <laughs> Sending it to Matt Pat. Um, <laughs> here's a theory. Mario's evil. He's probably done it. I don't know. Um, yeah. yeah, so that, that was one of those things as a kid. Because I always read the instruction booklets that came with the original Nintendo games. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and uh, I know not many people did, but I, I always did. And yeah. <laughs> that was one of the things that just stuck with me since, you know. 85 whenever yeah 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 copyright 85 um yeah well you know the the instruction booklets are really a a lost art you know Mm -hmm. they're just glossed over now i and you get them i i know for fact because like sometimes i'll see them when i when i get a physical copy of a game oh my god physical copies of games but i do (laughs) patiently i do get them and and it's like yeah there's still they still like have booklets in there. Do you ever look at them? 
no, but it's nice to know that they're there. Uh, yeah. And once in a while, um, I'm trying to think the last one that I saw that did this. Was it Fallout 4? It might have been Fallout 4. It's probably something from Bethesda. But one of the things that they used to do in their games was, um, along with the instruction book, inside the physical copy, they would make a version of the map for the game. And so you could you could fold out the map itself so mm-hmm. that you could like look at all of the locations and stuff. Oh, so yeah, so yeah. I think it, I think they did it in Skyrim. I I'm pretty sure they did it in Skyrim. I'll have to go and look at my copy. But that they would just roll that out. So it's kind of funny because when people would sit there and kind of go like I don't even know where anything is. It's like, well they did give you a physical map. Did you look at the physical <laughs> <Right>. map? <laughs> Once in a while, oh, oh, and I think Witcher 3 did. A lot of the ones that, like, have those really large open worlds, those really epic RPGs, mm-hmm. a lot of times they will have a physical representation of the map that you can actually, um, that you can actually look at. Um, yeah, some Steam versions give you a digital download option for... Yeah. Maps and soundtracks and things like that. The, the thing that was interesting, I was, um... I was looking because I had mentioned there was a not Steamsdale, but on uh, GOG they had a uh, they they had a big sale for Fourth of July that I think ends on like Monday. Um, one of the things that they were selling they had really deep discounts on a lot of Spiderweb software stuff, and something that you can get you can get a Vernum Three, uh, actually the well kind of the second kind of the third version. Um, but regardless, something that they still do is you can also buy the hint book and they actually built like, like a hint book with maps and guides, uh, of like all the areas. And I remember back when I, back when I got the original Avernum and you had, and it was demo where, and you had to, you had to send your money out to Seattle and, and they had to like they, they 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 sent you a copy of the disc that would unlock the full game because the because the shareware demon won't let you pass this point in the game. Um, <laughs> there was a thing where there was like a, a, there was on the disc was like a hint book, and you could open it up and it would give you maps to all of the different areas and what was there if you wanted it. But you, it was like a like something else extra that you uh, that you paid for, um, and and I was like, oh man, that takes me back. But it's nice that they at least uh, offer it. Um, I may have uh, bought a Vernum, and I may have bought the uh, <clears throat> the entire Geniforge saga. The point is, wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, but people would be like, Nathan, those games are those games are old, Nathan. <laughs> and it's like the Geniforge Saga, the Geniforge Saga, I think, came out in like two thousand and oh, they say that Geniforge came out in two thousand one, but if something tells me that that's not necessarily accurate, I feel like that's the Geniforge Saga. Oh no. No, sorry. Geniforge Jennifer, 2, Geniforge 3 was 2005. The Geniforge Saga actually... Oh, and 2009 was the last one. Um, 
The Geneforge Saga is actually six games. Oh, wow. Um, or is it is it six or is it five? I think that it's I'm pretty sure. I had it a second ago. I saw it. I swear I did. It was right here. Geneforge Avernum 6. Oh, Avernum 6 was 2009. That's right. They made so many of those, too. Geneforge 5. So there were five. There were five Geneforges. Um, but you can pick up the entire saga, if it's still on sale, for like four bucks. So, so it's like five games for four dollars. And I was like, I'm, wow. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not going to pass that up because they're not, they're not short games. They look, uh, they're, they're old school, but they are mm -hmm. not short games. In fact, um, I realized because I've been tooling around with the original Geneforge now, and I remember like I didn't get the full game, so I just I just had the demoware game, and in the demo, the demo was long. You had seventeen different areas that you could traverse, because it it kind of worked on the same idea as uh, I want to say Baldur's Gate. So like you would go to different areas of the map, and there'd be like a a map for each of those areas. So uh, so there were like 17 areas that you could actually traverse. In the full game of Geneforge, there's 80. So that takes wow. That, that takes you a while. Um, yeah. Some of the maps are smaller. Some of them are towns and dungeons and 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 spires and stuff like that. But yeah, there's like 80 of these places to like start to traverse and and go through and build your character up. And that's just the first game. It's like <laughs> it's a good. It's a good like 40 50 hours or something like that for for the first game. I would I would venture. Um I think I'm already past 10 hours, so it it doesn't take very long. Um and then I was gonna get because they also had on sale for really deep sale for like 3 bucks, you could get the entire Avernum series, which is actually 7 games. So it's it's Avernum one through six, and then uh, Blades of Avernum, where you could actually make your own scenarios using the game engine, and you could distribute them to other people through forums. So it was sort of like the modding thing that you're used to from like uh, Fallout 4 or anything like that. But, mm -hmm. but it was easy enough that I actually made one, because you didn't have to get into coding. They basically gave you all of the tool sets. So it's, I guess kind of more like Neverwinter or something like that. You have all the tool sets necessary, and you can make your own maps, and you can make your own scenarios. Um, and, uh, and that's fun. I, however, did a stupid thing. Um, <laughs> of course I did. I thought it would, be, I thought it would be really fun <laughs> to, uh -huh. to make a monster that could summon itself... Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, I think I it had... It sounds like an infinite monster problem. Yeah, it kind of becomes one because I think I, I created, like, a, the dervish. I think I had, like, the, the whirling dervish that I made. And it was a, a, a massive... It, it was, like, a pretty strong fighter. But there was a 50% chance that on its turn, it could summon another <laughs> whirling dervish. And I thought, 
how much fun is that, right? Right, right. And then I was testing it. And it is fun. It is not easy. And I have my adventuring party. And it was actually Blades of Exile at the time. So I'm playing that. And before you know it, my three or four dervishes that I've put up there in the encounter are like 40. <laughs> and, and I'm like, well, I really need crowd control magic in order to make this work now. But you can do it. You can do it. It's just not easy at all. You have to have like a high level <laughs> adventure party in order to do it. Um, but that was fun. Uh, yeah, so Avernum, the one problem is I couldn't get it because I realized that it actually is now so old. The the older version of Avernum, the first, well, the second. It started as Exile. This is where I get really geeky about Spiderweb software. But there was a series <laughs> called Exile way back when, and, uh -huh. and it was a top-down view. So uh, think of like uh, original Legend of Zelda. It's that kind of kind of viewpoint or or okay. actually actually really more like dragon quest the original dragon quests so, you know you have the map and it's top down and your little character moves around um and then you would get into little battles and there's a little battle arena with your with your characters and stuff like that very very classic kind of ultima style game and they made like three or four of those and then they made blades of exile um when they and I say they, it's like one dude named Jeff Vogel uh, basically made all of these games. Right. Like 22 games he basically made. Oh, in, wow. Like, he basically made in his basement in Seattle. Um, uh, and still does. Still does. He just kickstarted Queen's Wish last year, which I didn't even know about until I started looking into it. Um, but... He uh, he had some new tech, basically, and this, this like new game engine-y stuff you can use. And he said, you know, the, the Exile series was good, but it would be really great if we kind of used it in more of like a 2.5 style graphic setting. So at that point, it's more in line of what you know from like a Baldur's Gate. That sort of, that sort of look, that sort of feel uh, for dungeon crawlers. Uh, or more recently, I would... Uh, I would say it's similar to like Pillars of Eternity, or um, or uh, uh, Divinity. It's it's sort of that look. Um, doesn't look quite as good, but yeah. but they did that, and then they started making those games that were basically the same the same game as Exile, but using the new technology that they had. So that was Avernum, and then more recently. Actually, in 2011, they started making another version of Vernum, which again is the same game, but with the benefit of all the new technology that they have available today. So it's still it's still like a CRPG, but with the with the benefit of looking better and playing better and having UI improvements and all of that. So technically, it's the third version, but. I could get the original uh, Avernum Saga, but the problem is, is that it's now so old that um, my my uh, current hardware will not play it. It's not built to run on High Sierra. <laughs> right. 
So literally my my system would not allow me to play it. It's too it's too old <laughs> to actually play. Um but yeah, it's um but it got me so jazzed cuz I was like that just took me back. It was just one of those one of those games that got me thinking back to uh playing on my like my old Power Mac and how much fun it was to be in that kind of uh kind of space. Um but they did cool things like um a Vernum had like three different kinds of win conditions. So the storyline uh was that you were either political dissidents or um undesirables or criminals or or something that the empire didn't like. And mm-hmm. so in order to get rid of you, basically they would stick you in this underground uh world that they called Avernum. And they like basically they they shut the doors, they lock the doors after you're in there. And they figure that you're pretty much just going to either die because there's a bunch of monsters or you're going to starve or you're going to get super depressed or you're going to drown in the underground lakes. Something's going to happen to you. And they just keep shoving anybody that they didn't like in this underground world. Um, But of course, you know, life finds a way. So they actually started to build cities underground. So when you and your party get stranded there, you actually have a few different main quest lines that you can complete. And the idea was that you could complete any one of these three and you'd win. Or if you wanted to, you could be ambitious and try to complete all three. And so the three things that you could do were um, you could either find safety. So you basically you're trying to find a place inside of Vernum that's free of all of the monsters. It's basically like find the promised land in an underground hellscape. Um, there's, uh, there's one where you can try to escape. So like actually just get back to the surface. And, uh, then there was another one where you could seek revenge on the emperor for having locked you down there. And so all of those were possibilities. Um, and of course you want to do all three. It's like a natural thing. Right. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) But I mean, how can you not take, take revenge on, on the emperor? Um, but then they, they kind of kept that going. And the neat thing was when they got to, uh, the third iteration where you actually are above ground, like the finally, like in, in the second one, you end up fighting a war with the emperor because they didn't like how you killed the emperor. The first game, (laughs) they had a problem. (laughs) So you fight a war. And so then one of the win conditions of like winning the war and all of that. And uh, and learning about an alien species that's underneath, very inter- very cool stuff. But then in the third one, you actually get the ability to ex- like start finding a place for the uh, Avernum Avernites to uh, live above above the, uh, on the surface. But there's a bunch of monster hordes that are out there now, <laughs> wandering around, and um, that was like the first game where I realized that it wasn't just my actions that had consequences, it was my inactions. Because if you go to a town, and this happened to me, you go to a town and they're like, wow, we got a real problem with slimes in this town. They're, they're coming over like the north wall and they're, trying, they're eating our farms up. 
man, somebody's got to do something about that. You can, like, try to figure out where the slimes are coming from and kill the main slime and everything like that. Or you can say, yeah, I'll get to that. I got a bunch of things on the job board I got to take care of first. <laughs> and if you wait long enough, you come back. Yeah, the slimes have taken over the town. <laughs> oh, wow. And the people are gone, either dead or they fled, or the, the, and the walls are broken down. Like, it, it start, it, like, slowly but surely, like, people will start leaving the town and buildings up toward where the infection is start to break down, the walls break down, and slimes are now in the village. And if you leave it long enough, basically, like, no one's left. And you failed them. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, I thought that it was a... It's it's really neat. Um, the thing I liked about Geniforge, though, which is the reason why I wanted to get it, was in Geniforge, you get to be a shaper. And basically, mm -hmm. you get to be like a conjurer guy. And... Uh, you have this whole bar where you can basically expend points to build a variety of monsters and then uh, try to upgrade their stats and such. And you can just kind of like manifest them. So the, one of the first things you learn how to do is make this little like, it's called a Fiora, but kind of looks like a little red raptor dude. And so you can make one of those. Um, but if you start to get enough points, you can say, well, do I want to make, like, a really powerful version of this? Or do I want to have, like, my little raptor squad and try to make a few of them and have them go off and fight for me? Uh, you can, you get, like, uh, let's see, there's, like, three different schools of uh, shaping and there's three different levels of creatures. So there's, oh, and there's a couple different variants. So, yeah, there's, like, 18 different kinds of creature variants you can build. And then buff up their stats, and they'll level. Uh, and then if they die, you can regain the essence that you used and then say, okay, we're going back to the drawing board. What am I building now? <laughs> and start start <laughs> shaping something new. But I just like the idea of, like, literally building my party from, from you know, magic is essentially the rest of your party. You're by yourself, and then everything else that's going to actually help you, you have to build yourself <laughs> from your own personal magic. <clears throat> it's a really neat idea that they put in. Um, anywho, but that was that was Spiderweb Software, uh, a neat little indie uh, game dev house, and Jeff Ogle, who founded that in 94... And and used to the reason I know is because he used to make things for Mac as well as Windows, uh, so uh, that was one of the few things I could play. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> there was like a huge market for for Mac games, so I was like, well, I'm gonna play this. Between that and Ambrosia, oh Ambrosia, uh, Ambrosia software, uh, yeah, that was pretty much it. Escape Velocity. I wonder if you can bust it. Now I got to look and see if I can still buy Escape Velocity. They did eventually make that <laughs> for, for, um, they did eventually make a version for Windows. Oh, if I look it up, it's going to be something completely different. Um, oh man. Yeah, the, the, see, I'll show you, I'll show you, I'll show you the awesome, 
I'll show the the awesome graphics that this thing because <laughs> this because this is is epic. Let me see if I can let me see if I can get it right here. Here we go. We're gonna put it in here. We're gonna paste it in. Yeah. This this was the load screen for the original Escape Velocity. <laughs> that's oh, wow. just that's just terrific. <laughs> I'll tell you, it was so much fun. <laughs> that was a um, oh geez, I can uh, I can I can kind of show you. That was Nova. They don't have any big pictures that I can really show, but it was um. Wish I had a game that I could relate it to today. You would uh, go through. Well, I can at least do this. This is going to help. Um, let's see. This would be like your star map, and so okay. you could you could basically like hyper warp to different uh, systems with your little ship. Mm -hmm. And so you start out with a little shuttle, and uh, and and you warp between them and you start taking on like little trading missions and you uh like bus uh tourists around the galaxy basically to all these different systems and stuff like that uh but then as you start to gain credits and you get a little bit better you have a bunch of different ships that you can start to acquire that have better stats some that are really good at going long range and some that are just like start to get really into heavier ships and you can start getting warships uh you can become a mm -hmm. pirate and start just like uh disabling a bunch of other ships and uh you know salvaging the stuff that's on them um i think a few times when i was playing these versions um there would be a thing you could do where there's a possibility if you disable a ship and you go to uh plunder it uh, where you can you can take over the ship, and it's kind of hard if you only have like a crew of like five, and you're trying to take out like a big ship that had a pretty big uh, crew complement. But there was this one time, and I only had like a like an eight percent chance to make this work, where I stumbled across like a Kestrel warship or something like that. It was it was it was a big one of the best warships in the game. And I, I have my little tiny ship, little scout ship, something like that, and I'm like, well, we're going to give it the old college try. <laughs> and, and, I, and for some reason, they're like, congratulations, you did it. <laughs> and so really early on in the game, I'm like, well, that's my main ship, and I had... <laughs> And I had a warship <laughs> way earlier than I'm supposed to. Super fun. <laughs> Super fun. But they used to make games specifically for Mac. And so it's literally, yeah, it was only available on Mac. So if you, if you were on Windows, you didn't get the Escape Velocity fun. <laughs> until, until Nova, uh, which they, they made a, a version of. Um, but anyway, <clears throat> so yeah, no, they had all of those on sale on, on GOG. I got those. And then the other one that I got was one that I've talked about. I, I think I've, I've talked about it with you. Uh, rogue. Oh God. What was it? 
<laughs> Rogue mm-hmm. Legacy. Uh, I was able to get Rogue Legacy uh, for a few dollars, actually. It was very mm-hmm. cheap. Um, and um, so at some point, I keep thinking, uh, I'm bad at streaming, but I would like to try streaming this. Um Neat. Save. Hey, hey, like the yeah. little graphics going on here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rogue Legacy. Um, the neat, the neat thing about Rogue Legacy, it's sort of a roguelike, but it's it's light. You know, you don't really lose a lot of your progress. But the idea is that every time you die, um, the next character that comes along is uh, the next uh, the the next person in your lineage. So that's where a legacy comes in. So okay. so basically the next one that comes along after you die is your child. And your child is going to learn from the things that you had done previously. And like the that fact that you had started building up your castle and everything like that. But there's some neat stuff where every single uh, character that comes along can potentially have some really unique traits. So if if your character, for instance, is colorblind, suddenly the entire mm-hmm. game is in black and white. Um, if your character has, like, ADHD, you can be just a hyperactive, suddenly you run really fast. If, you're, if your character has dwarfism, you can actually fit into smaller spaces than another character would be able to. And it's just really interesting that, like, you like at the start of each legacy, I guess you get to choose between two different potential children that are going to be your offspring. And these mm-hmm. traits, like, keep carrying over. Uh, so I'm kind of interested to see how that whole thing works um, because you never really uh, win, I guess. <laughs> I don't know if there's really, like, win conditions. Um because it is still a very rogue-focused game, so every time you go into the castle, you're just trying to make more progress than the previous uh, than the previous one. Um, but the thing that makes it a light version rather than uh, a real rogue-style game is that <clears throat> um, as you progress, you can keep leveling up like your your castle. And give yourself new bonuses and benefits and stuff, and those keep carrying over afterward. So, uh, so it becomes increasingly easier for your new characters to pick up your father's sword and all of the old equipment, mm-hmm. and uh, and gain all the benefits of your house as you go through uh, one one run after another. Um, I only worry that I'm going to get real attached to like one one character and then they're going to die and they're going to be gone. <laughs> and then the next one it's like, well, you weren't as good as your dad was, but okay. <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's going to be that kind of a day. Um yeah. So then you keep going down the line finding another character you really like again. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um I will I will post this is, uh, just to give people an idea here, this is what the castle looks like for the upgrade system in Rogue Legacy. But anyway, yeah, I did get this on, on GOG, uh, and it was, uh, it's normally like a $15 game. 
and it was like 80% off. And I was like, well, I guess now's as good a time as any to buy it. Right. I guess there's no excuse for me now. I'm going to get this. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm looking at, at possibly doing this. I don't know when, and I don't know in what capacity. But, I, I mean, it... Um, it would be interesting. I think, though, if I if I do it, I I will try to at least stream it so that I have a record that I played it, <laughs> if nothing else. Uh, yeah, these old school games are fun for me, so I I like them. Uh, as the as the modern gaming market gets increasingly bewildering. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, speaking of which, I should ask. Um, if you saw anything from uh, E3 and if there was anything that really uh, piqued your interest uh, for that conference. Uh, let's see here. I'm going to refresh my memory on stuff a moment. Uh, mm. Other than from the, uh, when we did the pre-E3 show. Right. Right. There was that one title I can't remember the name of right now. Oh, uh, yeah, the um, one that we were all kind of uh, interested in. Was it Onanaki? Yeah. Onanaki. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Onanaki. Um, yeah, I think that they had a, they still had a trailer, and it is going to be out on the Switch and on the PlayStation 4 and on Windows. Okay, so they're, they're coming out on those. That's good. Yeah, no, that still looks good. Um yeah, I, I think out of E3, I really like Nintendo's uh, conference. Mm. Yeah. Their announced I mean, Luigi's Mansion 3, the new Breath of the Wild 2. Luigi. Pokemon, <laughs> Animal Crossing, <laughs> yeah. Pokemon. Yeah. Uh, the Link, Link's Awakening remake. And... Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I just, I think the thing that made me lose, lose my, my stuff was uh, when the Banjo-Kazooie thing came out. Uh-huh. Man. I was just there's a whole thing. If I can find it, I will I will link to it. There is a whole compilation that they do of gamers reacting to the news that Banjo Kazooie is gonna be in Super Smash Brothers. And it's pretty great. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, because you can tell just like <laughs> uh how how excited everybody was. <laughs> That oh my god, <laughs> I can't believe. Oh yeah, is this is this it? I bet this is it. I will just check. Yeah, no, it's 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 uh real impressive. Uh, how they were able to really make that happen. Yeah, this is this is the one. Mm -hmm. I'll uh, I'll I'll link to it. Um, this is just one of those things because I don't think anybody ever thought that this would happen. <laughs> Um, after, after Rare, uh, went over to Microsoft, I think the idea that they would ever have their properties back onto a Nintendo system seemed pretty unlikely. Mm -hmm. And so, so, <laughs> yeah, so the, the idea <laughs> that suddenly, hey, guess what, folks, uh, it's coming in, um, is is uh is is a huge huge deal and they were right yeah. i mean they do they do look good like a lot of them were saying oh my god they look so good 
And it's like, yeah, yeah, they, they really do. Uh, they, they did a nice job with their character models and everything. It's very, it's very exciting. Um, that's why they waited after they did the announcement for like uh, the Dragon Quest characters. They were like, oh, uh-huh. this is going to be, this is going to be good. People who like Dragon Quest are going to be shelling out money for it. Oh, by the way, Banjo-Kazooie. <laughs> <laughs> and, and all of a sudden, everybody lost their collective shit, um, pretty much. Um, yeah, no, you're not wrong. Uh, Nintendo did have a really great conference. There wasn't a ton of other stuff that really jumped out at me. Um, I Yeah, I mean, I, I think even their presentation was pretty on point. Uh, yeah. for what they're doing. Yeah, their Nintendo Direct is a really good way of uh, delineating out information. Um, and it's it, it really is like, it, it's like a professional video that they like to put together and um, come out with. Uh, I, I, I did like a lot of the stuff that they were showing. Gooigi, I mean, come on. How can you not, <laughs> how can, no one wanted it before or knew about it, but man, you gotta appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, in terms of, uh, I oh uh, I have to say the okay. biggest thing I thought I wouldn't like was the Final Fantasy VII remake. I thought they were just updating the graphics, and I'm like, oh yeah. well, that'd be neat and everything. Mm-hmm. But no, now there's a whole new battle system and everything, and it really got me interested in it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I well, yeah, the battle system started to look a lot more like what I was used to from like Final Fantasy XV. And I was like, well, that's good, mm-hmm. you know, because that was something that 15 did well, uh, like like a a, um, a real-time uh, combat system, you know. Uh, they've, they did a good job with it in that game. So it's very interesting that they're going to utilize that. Yeah, no, it definitely looks like a different game, like a full-fledged mm-hmm. new game. So that's something to be uh, excited about. Uh, with Square Enix 2... I had heard, like, I watched it and I thought, oh, this is going to be interesting, um, was uh, was Marvel's Avengers. Um, but I had, like, I understand yeah. why people are a little gripey about it because, you know, it it does look like the knockoff versions of a lot of the characters because you're used to them from the movies. Right, so, right. But I was also kind of like, well, yeah, but, you know, they look different in the comics too, so... I mean, <laughs> right. I accept that they they look different in a lot of ways, like in in different iterations, and at least like you know, it, it, it looked interesting. You know, that they had, they really made a a an actual game, and I know the studios and the studios have traditionally done really good work, um, good good work on stories, good work on uh, gameplay. They came out and they were very straightforward by saying, "Look, we're not going to do loot boxes. We're not going to do microtransactions, stuff like that. We're we're not going to do pay-to-win models, not nothing like that." Uh, you know, want to make everybody very clear on the fact that we're not pulling that. And uh, immediately, I was like, "All right, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. I'm okay <laughs> if it doesn't really look like Robert Downey Jr. If you can do, you, right, if you can deliver on. I guess it's fine." Crystal yeah. Dynamics. You know, mm-hmm. did you make a game fun? And Oh, yeah. It, you know. No. As long as it's fluid and fun, what what's the difference, right? <sighs> yeah, yeah. 
Well, I don't know if you uh, had caught the thing that I was was probably going to end up being a whole other rant, <laughs> which which I just like no 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 too many people have already <laughs> have already touched on it before was um, what happened with EA in front of the um, EU Council where they were talking about loot boxes and how it was potentially gambling. And they had a representative from EA, and she came out, like, they were saying, like, you know, loot boxes, but it's kind of like gambling, right? And and the representative for EA... Oh, yeah. <laughs> the representative for EA is, is like, well, you should know that at EA, we actually don't call them loot boxes. We call them surprise mechanics. Because, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, you know when you get a Kinder Egg or something and you don't know what's inside? like, <laughs> And I'm just, I'm just, like, slow clap. <laughs> it's just, yeah. it's, wow. Wow. That is impressive dancing right there surprise this cost 24 dollars yeah. <laughs> surprise you paid full price for a game that you thought was a complete game but isn't <laughs> aren't you happy now you get to pay even more i thought i was watching the thing where jim sterling like ripped that to shreds and he's like obviously this is false equivalency no kinder egg asks you to pay 60 dollars before you can start opening <laughs> the kinder eggs that's ridiculous that's ridiculous it's something completely irrelevant <laughs> to the whole thing and it, what it makes me start thinking about is like, they had that whole thing where they wanted to get so much credit that, like, they were doing Jedi Fallen Order and they weren't going to have loot boxes in it. And now, uh -huh. all, now all I could think is, so does that mean that you just rebranded it and there's going to be surprise mechanics <laughs> in Fallen Jedi? <laughs> <laughs> but technically, they're not loot boxes. <laughs> okay. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm just, uh, I'm looking back over some of what they said and, oh, <laughs> the... Okay, th this also blows my mind. They're talking about uh, games being addictive. Yeah. And uh, we don't think our game is addictive. Uh, Director of Marketing Matthew Weisinger mm -hmm. said, I think the use of the term addiction unfortunately masks the passion that our players have and the joy they get from our game. <laughs> what? <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> just like... The thing, the thing about it is, is that no, no. What, the, what it's masking is that they want to make a profit margin. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> that's, what, that's what it's masking. It's like, but no, but there, there are people who. This was something really fascinating. If I can find that video, maybe I'll, maybe I'll link it in the description. I don't know, but um, I was watching a thing uh, again. I think it was on Jimquisition. I was watching Jim Sterling, and and he was like, "This is really the thing that." makes me so angry this is actually where he he went and he went and talked to people that he knows that actually went through gambling addictions and they they knew that they had to stop because they had a problem with gambling mm -hmm. and they had like they the people had taken away like their family had taken away their credit cards they couldn't they couldn't be trusted with money because gambling was a problem and what a lot of them decided to do 
was they decided to go back to something else that they loved. Because it's usually, they say that in terms of like those compulsive behaviors, it's really good to like put your energy into something else that you like. Mm -hmm. And then then it kind of draws your attention away. So what a lot of them did was like, we'll go to video games because we like video games. So I'll, I'll put my energy into that. And then the freaking gambling followed them there. And now, and, and then that old addiction starts coming back into it again. Because if you're addicted to gambling, and then you go somewhere else, and then they put in gambling mechanics into that yeah. place, uh, um, before you know it, you're, you're right back into it. You're right back into it. And unfortunately, uh, yeah, no, there were a lot of people who, yeah, were, were very detrimentally affected by it. Um, I just, and, and the thing that's really scary is that they, they actually, in that same thing, they go to a, uh, conference where this one guy, I can't remember his name, but he's basically explaining to a lot of these, like, basically mobile game devs about this this process in order to get people to start buying product with real money in your games. And there's a whole um, thing about, like, hook, habit, hobby is, is the buzzword system. So you start by hooking people in, and mm-hmm. then you, you make it a habit that they go into your game every day, that there's just stuff that they do. And eventually it becomes a hobby where that is like part of their normal routine. And so it doesn't feel weird that you start spending money on it. And when he starts talking about all of the tactics that they use, like the like the the um, the nibbles where it's like here, like this is like a dollar. This is a deal too good to even pass up. You're basically implanting this idea in people's heads about how it's okay to spend money on this game. And uh, then when they do like anchoring, they talked about that. Like if you say, oh, wow, this this card pack that's in my game is like $50. And you're like, oh, wow, no, that's way too high. And then you come back after they've played a little while and they're like, hey, here's this card pack for a limited time only. And the countdown ticker is going for only 15. Well, that's a lot less than 50. So obviously that seems like a great deal. All of these tactics are ones that they're actually just perfectly fine with just throwing out there to 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 tell all of these new developers. And I think that it's just like it's sad and it's also frustrating because I know that at the end of the day, those tactics work and Mm -hmm. they, they work enough that they'll keep doing it. And it's and and the majority of people aren't going to get pulled in by it, but the ones that do, conceivably, are going to end up spending a whole lot of money. And and that they they really want to make sure that you're not thinking too much about how much money you're spending. That was the other thing that they were getting down. Is like you don't want to have analytical brain thinking, so they actually model their their payment systems on amounts that are not going to trigger that part, that it's just, like, instantaneous, that you think about, you don't even think about that being money that you spend. 
so that you can start really getting into the habit. And then before you know it, you've spent X number of dollars and you only planned on spending like two. Um, but like all of those habits are things that they're actually training new game devs for. So I don't see this getting better. <laughs> um, right, no. Un unfortunately. Um, I, I, I got a strong suspicion from the clips that I saw that the that the council at the EU was um, was was not really happy with his response. I didn't get a real sense that they were like entertained by that. Um, but I, I, it's it's fascinating. Yeah, I guess. I mean, it's brilliant. I'll, I'll give EA that. Like you know, mm -hmm. instead of fixing the problem with a loot box system in your games, a problem you created, just call it something different. <laughs> then it's not a problem anymore. Hey, did you fix loot boxes? Oh yeah, we call them something different now. Thus loot boxes isn't a thing. Problem solved. <laughs> it's brilliant. It is brilliant marketing, but it is not pro-consumer. And, um, and that is that is the unfortunate case. It's the reason why I really, I mean, the video that I put out on Friday, which I'm sure no one has watched, so don't worry about it. But it was, it was, it was about the idea that I had gotten tired of uh, game companies selling me an unfinished game. Um, that uh, that the the whole idea of well, you know, this is the content that we're going to be coming out with in in like six months and in a year. It's like, okay, but here's the thought. What about if you just release the game when all that content is there? Because, right. because if the game is not done, why are you trying to sell it to me now? It, it doesn't really make sense. And, and the way I had framed that particular video was trying to talk directly to the game developers and explain that in the long run, this does not work in their favor. Because if you're selling people an unfinished game, one, they're probably not going to buy it. They're not going to adopt to it very early. If they do eventually buy it, they'll buy it later once it's on sale because it doesn't feel like a completed game. And in order to put everything that you need to put into that game, you still have to have the same amount of dev time. It's just that the rest of the dev time is after the game's already released. So now your sales are in, and you still have to commit to, to, to doing more game development until the game is right. It's, it's still going to cost you the same amount of money, but your returns are going to be a lot smaller. And... I can't see that being very feasible for the long term. No. But, but um, I don't know. And either you have the, the two big cases that I was kind of highlighting were obviously Fallout 76 and Anthem. And those are two sides of the same. So, so on the Fallout 76 side, it's, well, we have to create a roadmap of content in order to eventually get you to a place where you want to play the game. Um, mm -hmm. which, is, which is like in some cases, a year and change out from when the game was uh, released. So we have a very, very long post-development cycle. Um, but they got to still, they, they, they basically have to give all that content away for free, and they have to have a lot of people working on it in order to do it in the first place. 
So, so they're allocating a lot of time and resources and money into something that they will probably never recoup now. Um, and on the other hand, you have Anthem that had the potential, and they said that they were going to be doing a lot of stuff to it, and now looks like everything that people were hoping was going to be in the game is probably never actually going to be in the game. So, on that hand, you now have a company that's basically alienated their entire fan base because they're not even delivering on what they said they were going to deliver on. Um, and, uh, and, and so, what's that going to mean for their next game if they do the same thing? Are people going to even go to it at all? And uh, my, my thought process is, uh, slowly but surely, uh, no. Like, it, it, now knowing that Bioware is not going to support a game that they said they were going to support, uh, am I real excited the next time they're like, oh, we got Dragon Age 4 coming out? That's terrific. But I don't think I want to play it until I know that the game is finished and that you have everything in it that you wanted to put into it. Which I don't know if they're going to do. Um... But one way or another, it just doesn't feel like it works out in the end. I, I don't, I don't know. Short term, sure. Long term, no. And I think the same thing's true of loot boxes. It's it, the blowback that they've gotten from it is so great, um, comparative to what, like, I, I cannot imagine that the negative PR that they've gotten out of that whole thing can justify the numbers. I say that, and then I realize how much money Fortnite made on cosmetics. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, but you know what? In Fortnite's defense, they literally had a game. It was straightforward. This is what the game is. And it worked. It was solid out of the gate, and they didn't charge anything for it up front. But like I told uh, Alex, the problem is, is that Fortnite was supposed to be a very, very different game originally. I don't know if you were aware of that or not. No, um, no. But, um, so, uh, what, what people are usually familiar with, with, with Fortnite is actually Fortnite Battle Royale, um, which was actually a game mode that they were going to release for free to get people interested in what the actual Fortnite game was. So the actual Fortnite game that was in development and is now actually a mode called Save the World that was part of the Founders Pack. So if you had bought like the, the Founders Pack version, you had access to this. It was supposed to become free to play, and I still don't think it is. It was supposed to be released last year. Save the World was an interesting idea. It would basically be, it's like a cooperative shooter where you build a fort, uh, and you wait until night, and at night monsters come, and they try to take over your fort. And you have to defend the fort. With all of your okay. friends. That was the idea. So that's that's actually where the name of the game comes from. Fort Night. You build a fort for the time at night when the mm -hmm. monsters come. So that was what that was supposed to be. Uh, and um, that was actually the main idea of the de development for that game. That was the main idea that Epic had. And then, <clears throat> in order to really get people jazzed for it, they had the Battle Royale mode, and they released that for free so that anybody and everybody could get in on this and see the mechanics. So when you see Fortnite being played, you know, some of the unique mechanics are like, oh, yeah, I can build walls and build ramps and stuff. Well, that's because that was the entire um, skill set 
that you were supposed to be able to use to actually build forts to defend against the zombies and stuff that were coming in. Um, but they wanted to get people used to that. But then F Battle Royale became such a big thing that then they basically decided, um, oh, this is actually uh, more economically feasible than if we ever did save the world. Uh, so we're just we're we're probably just going to allocate all of our resources to doing Battle Royale. <laughs> right. And that's what people think of now with, with Fortnite. And Save the World mode, even though it is still a mode, is really not much supported. And also, even though it was supposed to eventually become free-to-play, um, I still have not seen it become a free-to-play uh, version, which is which is just strange. Uh, because that would be one I'd actually want to go back and try. Uh, it, it would be... Yeah, yeah, that sounds fun. <laughs> it sounded neat. You could build, like, when they were showing it, if... Uh, 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 I'm sure that there's a, a trailer so that you can actually uh, see it. Oh, is that the is that the old one? That's probably the old one. Uh, but the idea is you could build, like, traps and stuff like that, and then the, the, then the little zombies, like, come along, and they fall into all the traps. And there's just, there's just cool stuff uh, about it that you don't really get in the Battle Royale mode anyway. And, um, uh, yeah, 2017, that sounds about right. Um... Ooh, yeah, and then there's the zombies that come in. Yeah, and the zombies are mean. You gotta do stuff about it. Um, this, uh, what I will post is the actual official cinematic trailer from 2017. Uh, let me see if I can post this here. But you you see stuff in that particular trailer where they're actually, they're fighting off these giant monsters and stuff like that. And that was actually the, the idea uh, behind it originally. That game will probably never actually come to fruition. Um, at least, at least in the way that uh, Battle Royale did. Um, which is why when, like, they start talking about how, hey, guys, guess how cool it is that, uh, Oh, is this the game? This is a better trailer. I'll post this instead. Um, there's going to be a Battle Royale mode in um, in Fallout. I'm like, well, okay, so apparently that's where all the development is going to go to. It's just going to be there. Um, yeah, that's the actual gameplay trailer. Um, and this this was what the game was supposed to be. This was legitimately what the game was supposed to be about. And it did look cool. It really did. Um, but there's a big concern. Now, there is a, there is a game out that does pretty much what Fortnite wanted to do. Oh, there is? Uh, I think, I'm thinking, thinking of The Long Dark, where you mm -hmm. basically build build a base and try to protect yourself from zombies and you keep going on and oh um oh no no not no, the no, long dark no, no. long well, dark doesn't have zombies because i was like wow um, i didn't get to that part in the long dark i no, died no, no, way no. before that um no, no i'm sorry seven, there isn't i think there is a game like that where was it seven stuff days just to comes die? at you at night 
oh, that might be oh, it. Oh, 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 stuff comes at you at night. That no, yeah. Seven Days to Die didn't do that. Um, it it did have more of a Minecraft feel. I mean, at Minecraft does do that. Like stuff will come. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, but I'm trying to think what else would be similar to that. Uh, where uh, stuff comes out at you at night. I mean, I certainly hope something would because it wasn't a bad concept for a game. Um, and it. it oh, I, I may have been thinking of Dying Light. Oh, um, but yes. that's a uh, Roma City. Yes. Uh, yeah, Dying Light was. That's still not good. The, quite the same thing, but. Uh, not quite. Uh, no, because you didn't really build bases in it. But no, yeah. no. What you're thinking uh, about with uh, with the fact that at night the whole the whole game essentially changes. Yeah. That that is true. Um, that was always fun because I liked. Uh, I have not seen the trailer for Dying Light Two. I heard that it was good. Um, Tech. I want to say it's Techland is the developer for that. They were also the ones that did um, Dead Island, and I didn't like Dead Island or any of the Dead Island <laughs> after that. <laughs> but for some reason, I really like Dying Light, <laughs> and I cannot tell you the re. I I think the reason was the way it was constructed was much more engaging. They the parkour elements so much cooler, and the uh, the light dark mechanics like it went, night night and day and everything. Um, and I think the reason why I didn't like, uh, Dead Island was because I have a thing about games where, uh, they're like, hey, you level up, and then everything else around you levels up too, and I, because I, I'm like, well, what's the point of leveling up in order to do that? The only game that I've really been able to give a pass for it was Borderlands. <laughs> But that's just because it's Borderlands, <laughs> and, I, and and it means you get some awesome new guns. If I found out that the guns were literally all the same, they just had a slightly better <laughs> stats every single time, which is basically what happened with Dead Island, um, I would probably not be as, as happy with, with it. Um, in fun Borderlands news, for the record, there was... Uh, anybody who happens to be listening to this until like the eighth, still got a couple days, I think. Uh, but uh, there is a literal new piece of content, a new add-on for Borderlands Two that you can download for free until July eighth. Uh, and I know, and I've played it, and it's pretty cool. Um, but uh, I, I was like, I was so surprised. I went on my store one day and, uh, mm -hmm. and there was this thing. It's like Borderlands 2, uh, Commander Lilith and the fight for Sanctuary. I'm like, what's this? And it's like, oh yeah, no, this is, this is a, this is new content for Borderlands 2. <laughs> and I'm like, what? <laughs> Borderlands 2? <laughs> <laughs> what what are you talking about? <laughs> Borderlands 2 came out, if I'm looking at it, a long time ago. Uh, 2012. Yeah, Borderlands 2 came out in 2012. Yeah. So the idea that, like, you know, seven years later, here's, here's some brand new content for you with, like, a new 
um, a level of loot that they had, the effervescent loot, which actually drops real frequently, um, and um, raising the level cap, and they did all of these things for it. It's like, now you can be level 80. It's like, seven years later, I get to be a level 80 character. Man, that's just great. But the reason why they did it is because um, it actually informs the story of Borderlands 3. They wanted to mm -hmm. uh, create a piece of content that actually kind of shows where all the characters are leading up to Borderlands 3. And in some ways, I think, also mesh the other story elements that you might have lost in pre-sequel or Tales from the Borderlands. Because some of those characters and story points start to come into it. Um, uh, Vaughn is actually in uh, that that game, and you would have only seen him in Tales of the Borderlands, and they get around to talking about like how Scooter is dead, which didn't happen until Tales of the Borderlands, so well past the, the other stuff. So they kind of get everybody into the place where you kind of know what's happening uh, so that you're ready for Borderlands 3. And I might uh, I might just say, hats off to Gearbox. That's just brilliant. <laughs> That's just brilliant <laughs> that you put out a free content update for your old game to inform the storyline for the new game that's just brilliant marketing i love it here's free content for that game you bought that long time ago gets you back into uh remembering borderlands and and how you liked borderlands <laughs> and and that there's another game coming out wink wink hope you guys enjoy it um yeah uh real real good mm. it was it was real fun and uh and and i'm glad that i got to play it i played through the campaign on true vault hunter because i knew i couldn't do it on ultimate but i did get pretty far on ultimate mm. that last boss is really hard they're like plant creatures now it's dangerous anywho and uh, actually, just recently, they had updated those two games, Borderlands 2 and pre-sequel to uh, 4K Ultra HD, so you can play them in beautiful 4K if you have the capability now. Um, and then they re-released the original Borderlands <laughs> with the skins and the hats, and uh, the uh, quality of life uh, increases uh, you, that you can actually change your, your heads and your skins and stuff like that. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so you can you can go back and you can play, and you can play that in full 4K Ultra HD as well um, with uh, new UI and stuff like that. Uh, uh, all uh, the, the whole thing as, long, as well as all of the additional uh, add-on content that they put in. So it's been a really good year for Borderlands fans, actually. <laughs> You got you got a remastered original Borderlands with with like you know updated uh, functionality, and you got new content for Borderlands Two, a 4K update for Two and pre sequel, and you're gonna get Borderlands Three soon. It's it's a good time to be alive for Borderlands, <laughs> folks. Right. Um. I'm looking forward to Borderlands. I'm still looking forward to Borderlands 3. It's one of the few games I'm still looking forward to. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's a handful. Um, I think for me, it's pretty much, uh, let's see, uh, Borderlands 3, um, Cyberpunk 2077, uh, and Outer Worlds. I think that's pretty much it. I'm looking forward to those three. 
I'll think of something else. Oh, Pokemon. That's right. I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot the Pokemon. But um, besides uh, besides Animal uh, Crossing, I should ask if there's anything else that you're really uh, looking forward to before like the year is out. Uh, let's see. I, you know, the the remake of the Zelda game and the remake of Final mm-hmm. Fantasy VII. Mm-hmm. And both of those, I'm. I didn't think I'd be looking forward to remakes in such a way, but the things they're doing to them is just enough where I'm going. You know what? That might be fun. And yeah, yeah. I um. I I have to agree. It's kind of strange when remakes of games become more interesting than new IPs. <laughs> right. <laughs> or just new new entries in existing series because like uh, and I I want Jedi Fallen Order to be fun and good cuz <laughs> I really love Star Wars and yeah. I just need to see a little more of it, I think. I need to see a little bit more. I need to I need to feel a little bit more jazzed about it. Um, yeah, because like when I saw it, because uh, I know that they wanted it to be like, oh wow, look at this, and I'm like, yeah, I mean, I liked Force Unleashed. Um, this kind of looks like that, <laughs> but yeah, yep. but um, and I mean, I remember like uh, Jedi Knight, like, yeah, I mean. <laughs> Jedi Academy, like I, I, I remember these things. So, yeah, I just get the feeling like EA wants you to forget that any of that existed. <laughs> <laughs> forget that these games existed. Look at what you can do now. It's like okay, I mean the 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 saving grace, as far as I can tell, is that it's being done by Respawn. And Respawn is a mm-hmm. really good dev house. I, I, I really want to give them all the credit in the world. And I'm, I'm glad that they got their chance to make a Star Wars game. Um, and I, I really hope that they don't get tangled up too much in the, uh, in the intricacies of EA politics <laughs> in order to make that happen. Um, because, man, it feels like some of their other Star Wars IPs took down a lot of studios in their in their uh employ yeah when i when i played uh, the, I, suppose... I, I was just gonna say when i played battlefront 2 and i saw that criterion mm-hmm. was attached i was like oh god damn you ea for taking a criterion down with you oh, <laughs> yeah. <that> game. <laughs> i love criterion how dare you but um um, oh, I I'm al- also have some interest in uh, Cyberpunk 2077, mm-hmm. mainly because it's a CD Projekt Red. Yeah, and it looks very ambitious. It looks cool. Looks yeah, very and ambitious. then uh, the Miyazaki game, uh, Elden Ring. Oh, I don't know if I saw much about Elden Ring. I should probably look at that. Miyazaki, yeah. Oh, yeah. right. And these are things I'm interested in, but just... You know, whereas Final Fantasy VII Remake, I'm like, I'm probably going to buy this. These other two, I'm a little on the fence on yet, you know? Yeah, I mean, the, the the thing about it is, if I was more into Dark Souls, I'd be so on board for that. Um, mm-hmm. But I was, I was never really a 
big fan of like the Souls universe that they built. Uh, so I can't really say. I am really interested though that George R. R. Martin was writing it. That's neat. He's actually credited as a writer on yeah. Elden Ring. Yeah. Um, I guess I guess he was doing that rather than writing the Game of Thrones books. <laughs> right. <laughs> What's see? Gee, George R. R. Martin should get done with finishing the. Oh, he's been writing a video game. Oh, okay. <laughs> I guess that explains that. I mean, there are some other games that are interesting to me, but I don't mm-hmm. know if I'm, like, really, like, totally... Ja- of course, now that I'm looking at, like, other things that people search for when they search for Elden Ring, Dying Light 2, okay, that does interest me. Oh, Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines 2, that that does interest me, because I, like, I did like Bloodlines... So the fact that they're making a second one, it did look good. I saw some of the trailers. Uh, Doom, Eter- yeah. Doom yeah. Eternal does look good. I'll I'll give them that. Um, Watch Dogs Legion looks insane. <laughs> it's, that just looks crazy, and I'm all for it. Watch Dogs is a weird series, man. <laughs> I just, but it it does my. The picture that they have for Watchdog Legion is like literally a pig with an eye patch and a cigar in his snout. <laughs> if you ever wanted to know what kind of game this is going to be, <laughs> there you go. Man. Well, the the thing that they're doing for, for Watchdog's Legion, <laughs> I don't know why. Literally, like every, any NPC you can switch to in the game you can you can literally play like any npc oh right yeah i did see the trailer for that then yeah yeah Yeah. that was that was kind of cool seeing them switch between guys like that yeah i don't i don't really know how functionally it's gonna work but yeah (laughs) i'm sure i'm sure there's something cool there i mean it's it's been a you know trajectory from watchdogs to watchdogs 2 was good they, the the first one was kind of lackluster. Second one was much better, and more fun. I think that they probably just decided, you know what, screw it, we're just going. For Ubisoft's like, you know what, this is just our crazy series. We're just gonna go for it. And <laughs> what can we have? Let's have a pig with an eye patch and a smoking a cigar. <laughs> Let's go for it. Um, what else is in here? Final Fantasy Seven uh, Remake, Marvel's Avengers. Uh, yep, uh, Cyberpunk, Tales of Arise. Oh, is that the next part of the Tales series? I do like the Tales series. So I might have to... I, I'm going to imagine that that's for Switch. I'll have to look that. Death Stranding still looks really, really, really weird. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about <laughs> Death Stranding. Let's see. Um... But, uh, let's see, Tales of Arise. Oh, yeah, I mean, oh, it'll be on Xbox One, I can play it. Oh, Death Stranding, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. I had (laughs) it. 
that didn't click for me right away but yeah oh yeah 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 no that the no um yeah I, where norman With reedus the, has like a baby in his baby bed. you're right yeah and like the <laughs> baby is. gives them a thumbs up and there are shadows and they can super <laughs> rapid age you and apparently the yeah. baby is like your life insurance policy if you get super aged and <laughs> Wow. Um, oh, so weird. <laughs> it it really is. It, it's like, I don't know. <laughs> There's a lot of people that I think are kind of confused by Death Stranding because on the one hand, this is Hideo Kojima, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. This is, this is the Hideo Kojima and it's, and, and like Guillermo del Toro is involved with this, Norman Reedus. There's a, there's a huge plethora of very talented artists that are doing this game and people know that and people love their work and then you see the game and you're like what the hell is this <laughs> i am right. so confused but uh, and and granted granted kojima's games are usually confusing <laughs> yeah. It's not like Metal Gear is a straightforward story. It's a confusing, confusing saga. But this is just really weird. <laughs> it's just, it, and, and I sit there and I'm kind of like, I don't have a single clue how this game plays. I don't know what I'm actually doing. Am I just, like, transporting my, like inky baby in my pouch and a th and like giant pack on my back through this landscape i don't know if that's going to be fun <laughs> i don't know if that's going to be engaging <laughs> i'm confused um so i i don't know it's, it's probably something that i'll have to check out at some point but i'm in no real rush you're right tales of arise uh sounds good uh you know oh 2020 we don't really know much about it though that's a problem. If you're not familiar with the uh, Tales series, I, I should say that as a person who does not like, traditionally does not like JRPGs, it's a really good JRPG series. Like, it really is one of those, it, it, it is like if you're not totally on board for like the, the Japanese RPG model of of design, if you're not used to like old school Final Fantasy and that kind of thing, mm -hmm. um, Tales is a really good alternative because so much of that combat is super fast, real time combat, um, and and things are just way more streamlined, but still with this very big, very epic storyline and interesting characters. Um, and it's and and every time they do a tales game, they always kind of have like a new. It, it's like Final Fantasy. There's there's elements that you're very familiar with, but it's a whole new story, a whole new world, and um, and they do this this neat thing that I always liked, where you would get grade, you would basically get graded at the end of each battle, and um, and based on what you did for grades at the end of the game. And they are not short games. It, like it, I, I played Tales of Symphonia. That was an 80-hour game. Um, but at the end of the game, they'll basically give you a, a number of points for grade. And if you want to start a new game from scratch, you have all of these bonuses you can buy with the grade from that previous playthrough. 
So you can, oh, wow. yeah, it's really neat. So like after you've played and, and, and you've gotten, you've gotten all of these things, you've gotten all of these rewards. If you want to go back and try playing the game again, they give you this little great reward where you can get, uh, you can pay some grade to do like, you get two times the money from drops. You get uh, two times the experience or five times the experience or stuff like that. Um, and you can buy multiples of them to like uh, exponentially increase what your rewards are, uh, where you start with with so much uh, money, or you start at like level five, or you you get special equipment and stuff like that that you normally wouldn't be able to get. And so when you go back in, you can start right from the beginning, and you can start playing it again, but with all of this extra stuff. And then if you complete it again, because you can even ask for more grade at the at the start. Like your future planning, mm -hmm. like you're already thinking about your third playthrough of the game. <laughs> oh wow! You can you can actually like double the grade that you get, or or uh, with with the grade points that you have. So, if you complete it a second time, which is usually a whole lot easier and a whole lot faster, anyway, you now have a ton more grade than you had the first time, and so you can buy so many more <laughs> grades. And if you're wondering how I know that, folks. It's because I was the one who went in to do my third playthrough of Tales of Symphonia. <laughs> I played the hell out of the game. First playthrough is like an 80-hour game. Second time is another 60 or so. <laughs> and, <laughs> and you just, you just want to see Lloyd and Colleen and all of them just beat back the darkness one more time, and then they made a sequel to Symphonia, you bastards. <laughs> but, um, how dare you make me... And how dare you add a mechanic where I get to catch monsters and use them in battle. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Just yeah. like it was Pokemon. <laughs> dare you. But, they, but actually what they did for combat is that most of the encounters that you have like in the overworld or whatever are uh, like less than a minute for your combat. You literally would just go into combat like that. When you hit like a random encounter, there's it, it, it's mm -hmm. like side scrolling. It, it, it feels almost like a fighter game when you get into it. And so you're like pressing up on the control pad and stuff in order to do the uppercut moves and stuff like that, that you can all, you know, um, you know, uh, allocate uh, your, what moves you want to use. And um, and then like in forty seconds or something, uh, congratulations, you won, and and it will tell you what you did. But even the like major bosses are usually only like four minute long battles, uh, because it's just so fast. And so they've changed the combat up in different iterations, but it's always been pretty pretty smooth real time combat uh, in terms of of what they they produced. Um, really neat series. Uh, I, I like it. I'm going uh, to check that out. Uh, mm. So, Tales of Symphonia, I should probably start with? Or... <clears throat> Tales of Symphonia is really good. I'm trying to think how old it was now, because I think I played it back on the GameCube. Um, but I'm trying to think, is, was it available? Oh, yeah. It was available on PlayStation 3 and PlayStation 2 as well. Um... Uh, and uh, let's see here. Tales of Symphonia Chronicles was another game. Interesting. The Tales series 
spans a whole bunch. I'm trying to think which ones I've played so that I can give you a good recommendation here. Symphonia was great. Um, that was really, I think, the one that made the mark for a lot of the Western audience for it. Um, but let's see here if they have a listing of... Oh, Vesperia. I, I did play some of Vesperia. Did I play Zelia? I don't know if I played Zelia. Dawn of the New World. Yes, uh, that was the sequel to Symphony, I believe. Um, Eternia, that does sound familiar. Abyss, I think I played. Did I play Fantasia? The one that I can say for sure that I played <laughs> was, was Symphonia and its sequel. But there was another one that I remember that was really cool, and I really wish I knew which one it was. I think it probably was Fantasia. Um, but it had a slightly different battle system. Instead of being like uh, more of a fighter, like 2D plane, sort of thing like it almost felt like a Capcom uh, fighter game uh, which is which is what you get in Symphonia it was more like a, a top-down view where you had your characters on one side of the screen going after the other characters on the other side of the screen so you you kind of had a little bit more battle manipulation that you could do um, mm -hmm. and I can't remember which one that was I want to say that that's probably Fantasia um, main series, Tales of Eternia, Tales of Destiny, uh, well, if it was Tales of Symphonia, it would have been, uh, after, uh, that would have been the first one that I did, so anything after that, Tales of Rebirth would have been on Portable, so that was, uh, that was on PSP, Legendia and Abyss were released, uh, do, 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 Abyss was released in the thing. Tales of Innocence. Ooh, no, that was DS. Nope, that was a mobile one. Vesperia was released on the Xbox 360, so I wouldn't have played that. So, what would it have been? Oh, maybe it was... This looks familiar. This looks familiar. I think it was Tales of Graces. This looks very familiar, and those characters look familiar. It must have been this one. This was uh, released on PS3 as well, but it was Tales of Graces uh, that was released in 2010. And if they have combat... Oh, yeah, a battle style. Yeah, this looks about right. I think this was one that I played. Pretty sure. Um, Tales of Graces that... Asbel, yep, this one. I finished this one, too. I think I started playing this a second time as well. This was real good. Um, Asbel Lant. Asbel befriends an amnesiac girl. Oh, oh I, di I did like this story. This was a... Mm. Oh, I just had a moment. Okay, yeah, no, this... this, this this had a really neat. I just, I, I, I think I remember what happens at the end of this game, and I was like, oh, I got a little choked up for a second there. But Ch Tales of Graces F was, uh, was, was the, was that one. Tales of Symphonia though is it, it, there's there's a lot of feels toward the ends of that that game too. Those characters go some through some great uh, 
character development. And there's there's some there's some sad parts to it. They do some really great thing with characters. Considering that the characters are, you know, what you would expect from, like, the, the JRPG protagonist, they're spiky-haired children that need to go off and save the world, you know? <laughs> but, right. But besides, but besides the spiky-haired children that need to go off and save the world, inside of that, um, they do a really good job of making characters that have, like, um, more relatable problems uh, and personalities than I found in a lot of uh, a lot of games that are similar. Um, they just they they seem to be more empathizing than I found in in some other games of that type. Like comparative to Final Fantasy thirteen, where I really didn't care what happened to the characters. <laughs> I I really didn't care, and no. No amount of sequels can somehow make me care about lightning and freaking snow. I'm sorry, I can't do it. I tried. I tried, people. I don't care. Oh, man. They're fine characters. I just... Did they die at the end? I don't know. I don't... But compared to that, no, like, what happens with, like, Lloyd and, and Colleen, or even in Asbel and Tales of Graces, yeah, no, they're... You really want to know what happens to them. You really want to know where the story goes. And so, yeah, so gameplay really cool, replayability really high, character development really good. Uh, yeah, definitely a fun series. Worth some time. Worth trying, everybody. I, it gets, gets my <laughs> seal of approval. Approval. So, there and needs to be a little stampy noise there here. There needs to be a little... There we go. Yeah, there you go. Okay, still. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, because they kind of bounce back between different um, systems that they contract with, you don't really... If, if you've kind of been a loyalist to one or another, you will not see every single one of them. Um, because there were several, as I'm looking at it, there were several that came in after Symphonia that I would have just never played because they were not on my, my system. Um, mm -hmm. Because they kind of bounce back between, sometimes they'll be on PlayStation, but then sometimes they're on Xbox. And it's really it's really weird. Like, they'll do ones where it's, it's uh, specifically for PS3, PS4, but then they have, like, Vesperia, which was just on Xbox 360. So they're not they're not like console exclusive, but like most of the games specifically are each individually console specific, but they're not but the series itself isn't. So so regardless of what system you have, regardless of what console you have, and I think even if you are on computer, you you could play a Tales game. Tales but you're game. not going to be able to play every Tales game. Tales game. <laughs> you can play like one or two, <laughs> pretty much every iteration. You play like Ooh, one or two. Tales of Symphonia is on sale on Steam right now. Oh, really? Oh, it's on Steam. That makes sense. That makes sense. Oh, yeah, really? it's five bucks right now. Oh, worth it. Worth it. Um... Oh man, it's on Steam. It's on GOG. Now I gotta look. Oh, it wouldn't be on sale on GOG. Well, maybe it is. 
Uh, the reason why I, th I was getting stuff on sale for GOG, their 4th of July sale was specifically for um, games that were developed in the United States. Because they were they were doing a whole ah. patriotic thing for the 4th of July. It's like, hey, we're going to have a, a huge deep cut sale for all of these, like, mostly indie games that were developed in the U.S. So probably not Symphonia, but they might have had a sale on it anyway, even though it wasn't part of their 4th of July sale. Um... I'll have to check it in Steam too, because that's a five dollars is a good deal for Tales of Symphonia. Um, yeah, it's just a, it's a lot of a lot of bang for your buck. Really fun. Uh, the first, you kind of you'll you'll kind of know if you're into it in the first like hour or so, um, mm -hmm. because it kind it because it. It starts pretty innocently enough, like the story starts off pretty pretty straightforward, um, mm -hmm. but it does not take too long for it to get real, very quick, <laughs> and <laughs> and and it because the the stakes ramp up real fast, so it doesn't take long to really know uh, if if you if you like the the model or not. But especially, yeah, especially if you're interested in, like, Japanese RPGs and that kind of thing, it's a very different kind of experience, but it's going to be similar enough to other things that you've played where uh, you, you will probably, you'll feel at home, but you'll also feel like it's something you haven't done before. So, uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's a neat series. It really is. Who was the characters i'm trying to remember who the main characters you, there were like eight main characters in tales of symphonia and you got to play lloyd irving i remember lloyd colleen uh and then um who was his little who was his little buddy i can never remember who his little buddy was that was like the the wonder kid there was like the little wonder kid, and then his sister was was your teacher, and she joined you too, and they were they were both uh, like academics, so that was fun. Gen uh, Genus Genus Sage, and then his uh, yeah his his older sister Rain, who was their teacher, and then oh Kratos, yep Sheena, I remember Sheena, um. Mm. And oh, Zelos, Zelos, <laughs> Zelos is the pretty boy. <laughs> Presia, Presia, who's like the supernatural little girl who has like special powers that nobody can understand. And um, Regal, who is who who is like the. Regal was great because he's supposed to be like Presia's like guardian, but he, mm -hmm. he apparently he did some kind of crime like like once upon a time that he's trying to atone for. So he has shackles on his on his hands the entire time, even when you play him in combat. So he does a lot of kick moves, <laughs> but he never unshackles his hands, even though they're like, you know, you could be a lot more. Nope. I I deserve these shackles. These shackles are mine to wear. I will wear them regardless. It's like, oh, okay, man. Be that way. Um yeah. They they were uh, they were neat characters. 
Um, and then I think eventually there's something to do with the, yeah, there's a giant tree. <laughs> it all comes down to a giant tree <laughs> every single time. That one was good. And then the, um, yeah, Dawn of the New World was the one that introduced a couple new characters and then also introduced um, the idea that you could actually uh, catch certain monsters and then train them up and have them fight alongside you. So it was a it was a little Pokemon-ish. <laughs> um, that was... Actually, that's way more recent than I thought. That was like 2008. 2008, 2009. Um, and that was, uh, that was a really fun one, too. Uh, so, yeah, it changed a little bit of the battle system as well. Um, uh, but then it, it also does the nice thing of, uh, start to reintroduce some of the characters that you met in the first one. Uh, so they kind of come along with you. But, um, Chronicles... 2013, they announced a PlayStation 3 remastering of both Symphonia and Dawn of the New World. Um, that would have been the Chronicles version. Ooh, I'll have to see if there's a Chronicles version. Then I can get both of them. Oh, the Church of Martell. I remember that. Anywho. That, <laughs> anywho, that's me talking about, uh, Tales for way too long. <laughs> <laughs> what have we learned on tonight's episode? Nathan can talk a really long time about <clears throat> series you've never heard. <laughs> Congratulations. Before tonight, we didn't know about Avernum. I told you. Tales you didn't know about. I told you. <laughs> so there you go. Out of curiosity, because um, now now I'm now I'm interested, DC. Um, are there any series? Okay. Are are there any series that you remember fondly that a lot of people just don't don't seem to know, like don't typically talk about? I don't typically talk about. Hmm. Hmm. That's a hard uh, one. I know. You know, I don't. Uh, you know, a game I really like. I never went back to the first one though. I really enjoy, and I know a lot of people mention it, but it's not so much on the radar anymore. Mm. Uh, but Torchlight Two and that studio, yes, uh, they re I really, really like that game. And um, they just made a, or their last release was called Hob. I haven't, or something like that. I haven't played that yet. There's some, but I, I really, really enjoy Torchlight Two, Torchlight and 2. you know, I'll, it's mm. one of those I'll kind of go back to every now and then yeah yeah um oh yeah hob yeah 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 some something was um oh i guess i guess runic game shut down in 2017 darn um the oh despite yeah despite it being uh closed the torch is still lit I had heard something about like a spiritual successor for Torchlight. Um, oh, Torchlight uh, Frontiers. Why do I get the feeling that that's probably a free-to-play game that I don't care about? Um, <laughs> don't. Uh, introduced. Uh, yeah. Uh, evolving the Torchlight universe. It will be a living, breathing universe that will still. 
Oh, great. So basically they wanted to make WoW. Okay. <laughs> it's, 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 <laughs> that's good. That's good. Um, for some reason, I thought that I just heard something. I just heard something about... Maybe this is it. Um, about like a, a Torchlight 3 or something like it. Torchlight Frontiers is going to be available 2019, so I'm guessing that it's going to... This this must not be made by the same people, though, uh, because Runic isn't around. But there's going to be pets. Yay. I, I need my pets. Um, two days ago, so Forrester's... Okay, update 7. Alright. Oh, Torchlight 1 will be free on Epic Games Store next week. Oh, hey. Alright. Well, Good, because I don't have to put it in a cart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't have to put it in a cart. It's all <laughs> I needed to know. Um... Runier released a seek. Uh, yeah. What was Hob about? I don't... I'm curious now. Because... I don't think I know that much about that one. Uh, action adventure game. Uh, I can see images. Im images will tell me everything. Oh, it's cute. That's all I care about. It's cute. I'll give, I'll give it that. This looks fun. But. Yeah, maybe it was Torchlight Frontiers that I was <laughs> thinking about when it was coming to a sequel, but, you know, that's okay. Uh, but, yeah, I played the original Torchlight. I played, yeah. the, I played the first Torchlight, yeah. yeah. And I, I liked it because it reminded me of Diablo, but it had, like, a personality that was very different. Um... Yeah, yeah, that's kind of what I liked about uh, two is that it still had that Diablo-like feel, but had a different personality to it, as you say. Yeah, well, Diablo has a tendency to be very dark, you know, and very, mm -hmm. very, yeah, yeah, and very bloody and and brutal and stuff. And um, yeah, Torchlight had more of a fairy tale kind of feeling to it, you know. It, it just it felt a lot lighter and 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 a lot more cartoonish in some ways, you know, it felt animated. Uh, so, so it's not so grim dark. And I think that that just mm -hmm. made it more endearing, uh, in how it presented itself. Um, I cannot say 